0: Welcome to the July 19th edition of the Sports on Point podcast. I am your host, Matthew Razor Smith.
1: And I'm your co-host, Hollywood Zavarelli. And I'm Bob Diesel Severins. Welcome.
0: And we are starting today's show off by acknowledging what we must acknowledge at this point. We were absolutely snubbed in the SBAs this year.
1: I agree. I thought we would at least win the category of the breakout show of the year. Absolutely. I know. All four of our listeners. Man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we are the new world order in sports podcasting.
1: Because we're just too sweet.
0: All right, before we get too full of ourselves, let's move on to the week in headlines.
2: And now on to this week in sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the Internet from every day of the past week, the things you're sharing on your Twitter and your Facebook. Our hosts will give a short comment on each, starting off with Monday. The NCAA reveals a format of the new 68-team tournament. Yeah,
0: it looks like they're going to be picking out the bottom four at largest and putting them up against the bottom four automatic bids. Uh, For the automatic bids, if they win and come out of that round, it'll be a huge bonus for them because I think they'll be able to move on to the second round as an 11 or a 12 seed. So I think it should be interesting to watch. Definitely much better than the 96 team format.
1: Actually, I would have liked the 96 team format better, but... Well, you're wrong. (laughs) With the Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But with the eight extra teams, I'm glad they just didn't pick all automatic qualifiers and put them in. I'm glad they mixed it up for... Uh, The at-large and four of the automatic qualifiers, I think it brings a little bit more to the tournament. On to
2: Tuesday, 2010 NBA free agents. Sidrunas Ogaskis is to follow LeBron James down to the Miami Heat, his agent says. John, what do you think about that?
1: And Big Z joins the South Beach NWO. I'm not surprised. He was always somewhat good friends with LeBron, and he wants to get his title before his career is over. So um, not too surprising.
0: I don't, I don't have any ill feelings towards this, even as a, a Cavaliers fan. Big Z deserves it. He Let him go win a title or two. I don't think he really fills out the hole that they have at the center position. They're going to need to get somebody who's more of an inside presence on that team.
2: Moving along to Wednesday, also 2010 NBA free agents. Dwayne Wade says Los Angeles Lakers, not the Miami Heat, are the title favorites for 2010-2011. Matt?
0: I think this might be the first classy thing we've seen done by the South Beach NWO. Ultimately, I have to say, you got to give the nod to the defending champs, but I don't know how many people are going to take that seriously.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he actually believes that. I think the Los Angeles Lakers are the team to beat, but these guys seem to have their uh, heads pretty big right now since they got the three biggest free agents. I don't buy it.
2: On to Thursday. New England Patriots want the fans to help vince in massive location based trek tell us a little
1: bit about what this is john well apparently what they're doing is is it's basically like a digital scavenger hunt apparently vince wilfork's ring has been stolen by an angry jets fan and they're basically going through the digital digital world and sending the all the fans on a scavenger hunt to try and locate his ring i think it's a good idea i it's cool to see have the fans interact and be motivated it's I, I just think it's a cool little thing having to do with sports and get, getting them pumped for the season, especially against their biggest rivals, the Jets.: I think this is a case in
0: point in how the AFC West I'm sorry, the AFC East has changed this year because the New England Patriots fans used to get hyped up because they were just excited to see their Patriots on the way to the Super Bowl. Now they've got to worry about a Super Bowl ring being lost because they're afraid of the Jets this season.
2: Kind of makes me feel like where's Waldo or something like that.
0: Exactly what it is.
2: On to Friday. Inside look at LeBron's free agent coup. Now Yahoo Sports says from Beijing to Miami, Dwayne Wade and the Heat traveled a long road to lure LeBron James to South Beach. Matt tell us a little bit about that. This was a pretty
0: in-depth article from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from, oh, I'm sorry, Wojnarowski from Yahoo Sports, where he details all the events that led up to LeBron. Uh, leaving Cleveland and heading to South Beach. It's actually a pretty eye-opening view of the whole situation. I think if you haven't gotten a chance to get around reading that article, read it. It'll definitely open up your eyes to some of, some of the things that go on in the seedy underbelly of the NBA.
1: Yeah, we'll link it up, by the way, on the website. Yeah, I saw this article uh, when you sent it to me, Matt, and it pretty much blew me away. I mean, I I kind of had a feeling that, lebron wasn't the person that was portrayed but this really was an eye-opener and i mean i guess we're all seeing what who the real lebron james is now on to saturday 2010 free agents
2: again brad miller and the houston rockets agree on a three-year 15 million dollar contract
1: sources say john well i'm a big brad miller fan I liked him when he was with the Pacers. I've always thought he was a real good big man. I mean, he's got a lot to bring to the team. I think the Rockets, were they kind of lost out on the free agency with them trying to get one of the big guys signed. But I think this is a good pickup for him, especially if Yao doesn't come back 100%. It'll definitely give Yao a lot less minutes to get back into the game. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what this is. This is an insurance policy for Yao Ming. These guys are not going to be on the court at the same time very often, if ever. They're two big guys that occupy the paint primarily. But when you're looking at a guy like Yao Ming, who's coming off a year off and a foot surgery and who knows what else, uh, this is definitely a smart insurance, hedge your bets kind of move by the Rockets.
2: I like it. And finally on Sunday, the Heat. Supporting cast has become better than expected, Matt.
0: Yeah, they're able to lure in a lot of guys who are just hungry for a ring. They're even considering uh, Penny Hardaway coming back. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I don't think anybody's really surprised. This article says better than expected, but I think a lot of us saw this as an opportunity for guys who were just ring hungry to sign for lesser money to earn the
1: glory. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world on paper. You can have guys that have been productive through their whole careers, but you you can't coach or you can't determine what the chemistry is going to be. That's what it's all uh, all about. And that was This Week in Sports. Now on to
2: our To the point section. This is a section where we have an open discussion on the major points in sports this week. So, Matt, why don't you get us started?
0: Well, as we all know earlier this week, we had the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and Home Run Derby. Um, A little less exciting than the games we've seen in the past. A little bit on the defensive side. John, what did you think of the low-scoring performance this uh, All-Star
1: what kind of goes hand in hand with the way the season's going this year. We don't have a, a lot of home run hitters and you got a lot of no-hit baseball out there. I I think it's fitting for what's been going on this baseball season. Even with the home run derby, the same thing. You you didn't have any anybody hitting like 32 home runs in the first round.
0: Yeah, it's a uh definitely a pitchers league right now and this was a case in point. One of the things I thought was a little disappointing was the home run derby. I think it's becoming more and more like the slam dunk contest at the NBA All-Star Weekend where it's fun for what it is, but none of the big names are coming out. I really would have liked to have seen uh, Albert Poolhouse in there, maybe some uh, some of the other big-name guys. Lortiz is, is a big name, but he's on the downside. Nobody would argue that. Uh, congratulations to him for coming out with the victory, but not as exciting as it would have been three or four years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, big, big big, Poppy did, I think he deserved it because everyone always uh, puts him down at the beginning of the season and then he comes on. Did the same thing last
0: year, for the record.
1: The whole home run derby in general being like the slam dunk contest, I'm kind of agreeing with that because it seems like less and less hitters are coming out. But then again, a lot, of, a lot of hitters aren't hitting a lot of home runs this year. So, I mean, they are getting the players that are hitting quite a few home runs. It's just right now it's pretty scarce for home runs. I think the... The major league leader has 22 home runs at break, and that's been the most since, I think, 1990 uh, when Cecil Fielder had that many. It's definitely a pitcher's league. Maybe they should have a pitch-off or something. What do you think?
0: <laughs> Some type of a pitch-off? You know, I, actually, I was thinking about this. When you look at all the all-star breaks and the the skills challenges, I think the only one that really gets the star players to show up is uh, the quarterback challenge in the NFL. Not exactly any type of a... Uh, A major stellar event but you always have the top quarterbacks performing in it and why is that it's it's because it's after the season they don't have to worry about losing any of their mechanics or jinxing or or screwing with their uh, physical abilities in the second half of the season Uh, unlike baseball basketball where as much as I hate to say it you could break a finger on a slam dunk contest and all of a sudden you know Dwayne Wade or LeBron James, if they had participated, miss you know a couple weeks with an injury. So uh, maybe the NFL has it right. Maybe having it at the end of the year is the right way to go.
1: I agree that. I mean, they could, but you need it with the baseball and basketball season. You need somewhat of a break in those seasons. Those are long seasons, eighty-two and one hundred and sixty-two game seasons. So I mean, you're going to need a break in there somewhere. I think maybe have it based around the All Star game, which it is. Have the All Star game, and then maybe have some things that are are fan friendly but maybe not as as far as physically demanding maybe we'll give the players a little time to rest up and then just have to play in the game maybe that might help out a little bit
0: i just want to see i just want to see josh hamilton rip it up again i mean is that too much to ask what did he hit? How many home runs did he hit that one year? Uh, he hit like 28, 28 in one though? round, but he only finished with 35 total. All right, so the, the All Star game was a little bit overshadowed in the news coverage by the death of George Steinbrenner. John, what do you think?
1: Well, his. It is a sad day. I mean, I'm I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, so I don't like the Yankees. Never have, but George, you have to give respect where respects due. And George Steinbrenner was uh, a great owner in his. I, I say in his second tenure, he was a greater owner than in his first. Absolutely.
0: I one thing, I don't I don't want to say anything bad about him because he just passed away. But I I thought some of the coverage was a little bit overboard. When I see interviews with Dave Winfield talking about how great of a guy George Steinbrenner is, I had to kind of just turn off the TV because at that point it's reached ridiculous proportions. Dave Winfield is the guy that he nicknamed Mr. May. He kept that moniker for the rest of his entire career. He once hired a gambler to investigate dirt on Dave Winfield, after he failed to pay, I believe a hundred thousand dollars to Dave Winfield's charity as a stipulation in his contract, and and Dave Winfield sued the man. So now he's going to sit in, a, in an interview and talk about how great of a guy he was and and how his interactions were. I, I, the guy did a lot for baseball. There's no doubt, but I don't think it's time to deify him yet. He's he's uh, he's definitely had his his uh, black marks for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, he kind of revolutionized the game as it's it's done today, which is basically buy, buy all the players. But the one thing you can say about George Steinbrenner is with everybody wanting to make money in, in sports and buying franchises, Steinbrenner didn't care about making money. He wanted, he wanted to make money so he could spend it on his team. And I honestly... Yeah, it kind of takes the competitiveness out of things when you have all the best players, but it shows his will to win. I mean, yeah, he's buying players, but hey, if you can buy the players, buy
0: them. No doubt he raised the bar in the American League. Uh, When he took over, the American League was the lesser of two. I think if you look at it, though, he got uh, suspended for three years from 1990 to 1993. During that span of time, I think a lot of the – foundations for the championship teams he had in the late 90s and even now were set at that point in time i'm not convinced that had he had his hands on the reins during that period of time that we'd have had the uh you know don mattingly and and bernie williams still on the roster late in the 90s because i think he would have been moving them for for big names at the time so ultimately stepping away from the game although not voluntarily would have was the absolute best thing that could have possibly happened to george steinbrenner's legacy
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a good thing. It made him think over and come back as a better owner. When he came back, what, two or three years after that, they went on a spring and they won four or five. So the NBA
0: announced this week that they lost, I believe, $370 million over the last season. The uh, labor union is disagreeing with those figures, say that they were cooked a little bit. Ultimately, I have to say that this is the first most obvious sign that the lockout is definitely coming. Uh what do you think? You think we're going to we're going to have a 2011-2012
1: season? I think we'll have somewhat of a season. I don't think it, we're they're going to miss the entire season, but you you can't really tell it's early. I mean, with these lockouts, they're They break off talks, and then right before it happens, then they start talks again. And it did happen back in, what was it, 98, last lockout? I believe 98. And I mean... That shorten the season to 50 games. I don't think it's gonna, you're going to miss an entire season. I mean, that would devastate the sport. I think both parties know that, that that would devastate the sport. They miss an entire season.
0: I think some of the things that are interesting, um, the, the number one thing that the owners are going after in this new collective bargaining agreement is no more guaranteed contracts because they think that that's the whole entire purpose of their money loss that they're experiencing right now. I don't know how you can fight that fight when you're signing the kind of contracts that they're signing right now, but at the same time, if we do come back with no guaranteed contracts and maybe we've done away with mid-level exceptions and maybe a few of those other soft cap benefits that we had before, maybe it's a true hard cap after the new CBA. I think, um, I think teams like uh, Miami, Atlanta, some of the teams that have signed a lot of these big money contracts for long periods of time could end up hurting pretty bad coming out of this. Uh, Miami will be okay for a few years because all these guys are signing on for three-year contracts for the most part because nobody wants to be up for a contract next year. But uh, I think that could be a, uh, a big contributing factor to some teams dropping off in the next couple of years.
1: I think you're going to see more more players sign uh three-year deals too i think you're gonna see a lot of big threes and people signing short-term deals and jumping from team to team i think the uh loyalty in the sport which i've thought has been dwindling over the last few years as far as players loyalty to the team i think that's gonna be null and void after this thing
0: absolutely So, of course, you know, we talked about the Miami Heat. Um, I I think it's worth mentioning that over the past week or so, uh, LeBron James and his quote-unquote brand partnership with LRMR has taken some pretty big hits. We mentioned the Adrian Wojnarowski article earlier. Um, Also, the story about the pendant um, which, if you're outside of the northeastern Ohio area, you may not know too much about. Uh, what do you think's going on? Um, what do you think's going on in the media with LeBron James and his image right now?
1: Well, the the pendant incident. Basically, there's a there was a, a 19 or 20 year old girl, and she, about four years ago, she found a pendant at a garage sale and bought it for five dollars. She'd wear it around her neck, and I mean, she thought it was a cool pendant. And Basically, the pendant's to LeBron James jersey has the number 23 on it. And she took it to a jewelry store to have them look at it because a friend of hers or an acquaintance told her that it kind of looked like real diamonds. So she took it to the store, and the jewelry store, they said that this is real. So they wanted her to get it uh, certified. So she saved up $200 to get it certified, got it certified, and then she was going to sell it on eBay because she's a boxer. She wanted to open up her own gym. Well, recently, I think it was earlier this week, I read an article that, LeBron James' agent actually called her and told her that Lebron, hey Lebron's over here. We want you to come over here. We got an offer that uh, you, you can't refuse for this. We're gonna give you a good price for this. Well, she went over there and basically they took it from her, and they had to. They ran out of there. The cops were called. The cops are investigating it. LeBron's agent said, is saying it was stolen. The girl found it four years ago at a garage sale. I don't see how it's stolen, and if you can't. Just pay the girl $10,000 for it or buy another one. I mean, you're rich. The girl, I, I, unless she did legitimately steal it, which I don't know how. I don't I mean I don't know. I'm sure there will be more facts come out in the story. But it's it's his credibility, and there's a lot of shady things going on that are starting to come out with LeBron James. So his his brand is taking a huge hit. One of the things that outlined
0: in the Wojnarowski article was um, the – Reputation that LeBron has around the league as a uh, guy who's inconsiderate to ball boys, you know, uh, staff members, and even some of his lesser teammates. Um, there was some indication that uh, Coach K might not have even wanted him on the 2008 Olympic team, and and might have had his arm twisted into into putting him on the squad. Um, there's there's been this. Uh, Undercurrent, I think, about LeBron's attitude and personality that has differed greatly from what we've heard, specifically in the northeastern Ohio media um, and even even nationally about you know the stand-up character that he's been over the years. I think I think he's definitely taken a huge hit when you've got your agent by the way it was his agent's mother not uh not the agent himself but uh when you've got your agent's mother's making these types of thug tactics to get the pendants back uh whether or not it's stolen there's laws against entrapment and and the uh, you know some of the other things that were indicated in the story but uh i, I I can't help but feel that uh, based on the letter Dan Gilbert sent, that, that I can't help but feel he's got a stack of these types of stories that he's sitting on. I wouldn't be surprised over the next six months or so to uh, see them slowly hit the newsstands one at a time and uh, really have LeBron's credibility just just completely run through the muck.
1: I mean, and it is a sad, t- sad thing right now because he's – He's a talented basketball player. He just needs to grow up. I mean, Kobe was immature in his when he was younger, he did some stupid things that hurt his credibility. But this guy thinks he's bigger than the game. I don't think Kobe Kobe was never able to think that he was better than the game. I think maybe that Shaq had something to do with that. Absolutely. But LeBron just thinks he's I mean, he's the best thing ever. And it's not he's not.
0: Kobe never had the enablers around him that LeBron has either. I mean, when you run with nothing but the same people since your superstar high school days, nobody's going to tell that guy no or, or put him in check ever.
2: Going back to what you said, though, Matt, I mean, if they do have these stories that they're sitting on, don't you think that somebody around LeBron would have said, hey, you can rephrase some things during your decision. You can handle this a little bit differently. And then Cleveland would look like, Idiots to make him look bad. After you know, if he if he went to the league or if he went to the organization and he had a classy exit from the Cleveland Cavaliers, don't you think it would have been in bad taste for them to then release those things? But now it would, it would almost be like he he paved a way for them to do that. If these things do come out, you know,
0: I I definitely think that this is something that could have been avoided with some better handling of the situation. But I think the thing that we're missing here is. Um, All of us are basing uh, what he should or should not have done on the rationale that we have in our day-to-day lives. But what we've got here is a 25-year-old superstar who's had everything his way for the last 15 years. Everybody around him says, yes, sir, yes, sir, every time he says, jump. I don't know that there's anybody in his life that he considers their opinion valuable enough that could say, Hey, dude! You gotta step back. You gotta you gotta rethink this strategy. In fact, the the Wojnarowski article even says that some of his close advisors said the decision idea was a really bad idea. And LeBron's take on it was, it's going to be bad no matter how it goes down. So what difference does it make? It's it's a guy who's just oblivious. He's completely oblivious to the way that he looks outside of his circle.
1: And you got a, you got a bunch of immature kids. I mean, his. His manager is a kid, same age. I mean, so it's he has no, really he's grown up in the business just as LeBron has came up in the league. So I mean, it's kids leading another kid. I guess I just
2: drank the Kool Aid. I mean, when they talk about the level of intelligence that he has, the court vision, all these things, I look at him like he's got to be a, a respect guy with for the history wisdom, of the game. But 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 he has no common sense. I mean, no that, common sense. That just it seems odd that. Over the last seven years, you know, as a Northeast Ohio fan, we haven't seen anything like that, and now all of a sudden it's just kind of like in our face.
0: Yeah, the one thing I think was interesting was uh, Brian Windhorst, who, by the way, deserves mad respect for the way he's handled this whole situation. I don't know if anybody who's listening is familiar with him, but he is the beat writer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, for the Cleveland Plain plane Dealer. And, uh, of course, he's been the scoop guy throughout this whole story. And he's really kept an even keel to everything he's been saying. He's been reporting only facts and and discounting rumors as just that. But... Um, I think when you look at the stuff that he's written in the past about LeBron James and even after the decision was made, I don't even think that he was privy to the opinion that Wojnarowski was able to dig up and and the negative feelings that people around the league had toward him because I remember specifically Brian Winhurst saying, you know, LeBron just signed up for a Twitter account. He hasn't had one this whole time. He just redesigned his website. He's got an hour-long special announcing decision. Wait a second! This isn't the guy I've known for the last seven years, and starting to see these stories and these things come out, maybe realize that this isn't the guy that any of us have known for the last seven years. But it's not because he wasn't that guy for the last seven years. It's just that we were sheltered from that side of him. I think, and uh, I, I think just gonna keep, uh, there's just going to keep there's going to be revolution or revelation after revelation in this story.
1: Yeah, I mean, after it's all said and done, I think his brand's going to be hurt quite a bit. I mean, I think he, he's young enough. He, we can forgive him. I mean, we forg- we most people forgave Kobe for what he did. But
0: but Kobe was the man on his team. Here's All right, we're going off on a tangent. I know that, but I, I just have to I just have to throw this out there. If you go to the NBA Finals as the Miami Heat and LeBron James gets injured and can't play in the finals, do you write them off? then you're not the man on your team. If they can go to the finals and win with you injured and sitting on the bench, then it's not the same thing. It's not Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen because Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant weren't winning championships without Michael Jordan. You have to be the man to get that legacy. And he has no opportunity to do that.
1: But I also think this is something, I mean, we've seen it back in the eighties, but this is new to the, the, the new millennium. This is something we haven't seen. So, as far as them matching up with 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 each other i you don't know how that's going to play out yet so i mean depending on what's done in the future but as of right now you're correct on that i mean you can't he's going to have time to to build up his back up his rep but he need, he's got a lot of growing up to do absolutely
2: and yeah, now on to our closing arguments section. This section is where our hosts present their closing arguments as in a court case. It can be about anything on their mind this week. There are no rebuttals or comments allowed, and you the listener will vote on who presented the best closing argument by sending a vote or a direct tweet to twitter.com slash sports on point. We're gonna start off with Matt. Matt, I'm gonna let you introduce your closing argument and then I'll start the timer.
0: My closing argument is that the pre-draft buzz around the league about DeMar- Demarcus Cousins could not have been more wrong. Okay, coming into the NBA draft, a lot of uh, scouts from the NBA teams were a little bit hesitant on the subject of Demarcus Cousins. They felt, uh, you know, he had some attitude problems. One one GM had said they liked what he put on the court, but they were worried that in you know three years he's going to be a 360-pound uh, loaf on the court. Uh, when, when he was doing his interviews, he was selling himself as a guy who could who could uh, spread the cord. He could come inside, outside. He could drive. He could make the passes that needed to be made. And I think a lot of the scouts, a lot of the GMs rolled their eyes because all they'd ever seen is him occupying the paint at Kentucky. At Kentucky, he had John Wall, and the offense ran through John Wall. So we never got to see all of the aspects of Cousins', games, uh, of Cousins game displayed uh, when he played for the Blue. What we've seen so far from Cousins in the Summer League has been amazing. The guy is is getting the ball high in the keys, driving the lane, he's making the kick-out passes, he's getting the rebounds, he's scoring the points. Um, Ultimately, he's a double-double guy in the Summer League, and nobody's going to say he's anything other than raw at this point. Uh, I saw that uh, Joe Dumar said that Cousins has demonstrated unlimited potential. He loved everything he's been doing. Great hands, great feet, great instincts. So I think a lot of the coaches, scouts, and GMs who were looking at Cousins before the draft are now kind of shaking their head and thinking, what what were we thinking? Uh, There's teams that had an opportunity to pick him at the 2 3 4 and obviously the Kings got him at the five spot and some of these teams pass on him. And I really think that over the next couple of years, he's going to make them regret it. Mark my words, DeMarcus Cousins is your rookie of the year.
1: And on to John, your closing argument, and then I'll start the timer. My topic is going to be, I think the Oklahoma City Thunder is going to be the most well-equipped team to end the Lakers back-to-back championship and, and run for a, a three-peat. Uh, more well-equipped than anyone uh, i think oklahoma city based on the way they played the lakers this last postseason i think they have they can take down the lakers now i know there's a lot of teams out there that most people would say they're better equipped you have the heat now you have the bulls you have the celtics the bulls brought in some new people they're not they don't have their chemistry yet. They're gonna, it's going to take them some time. Same with the Heat. The Celtics are a, a veteran bunch that, I mean, they could still knock out the Lakers, but uh, they're getting older. Lakers are a year older. Kobe's still the man, but he is a year older. With the Thunder, I think them going six games with the Lakers and actually playing a heck of a series, that could series could have went either way. I think that gave them a lot of uh, experience and, and belief that they could beat the Lakers you got Kevin Durant, who's one of the best – I'd say top top five players in the league. I, I would actually say top three. But um, you have Westbrook, who's actually be, become – he's going to be one of the best point guards in the league. I think next year he'll he'll get even better. You've got a lot of young players. And we're – basically where the Oklahoma City Thunder were hurt last year against Lakers was size. They've drafted three big men this year. Yes, the big men have to come in. They have to produce. But that's three big bodies that they didn't have last year. So basically, I mean, I think it's gonna—they're gonna play in the Western Conference Finals this year. The the power has actually definitely shifted to the East. But I think that the when the Oklahoma City Thunder play the Los Angeles Lakers in this year's Conference Finals, that they're gonna take them down. I think it'll be a, a good series, long series. But I think in the end, that they'll have the the firepower to overtake the Lakers, and I think. I don't think that anyone else can beat the Lakers other than Oklahoma City. I don't think anyone else has enough or enough chemistry.
2: Well, this has been Sports On Point. To vote on your winning closing argument, you can send us a direct tweet to our podcast at twitter.com slash sports on And as always, send your suggestions on how we can improve the show to feedback at sportsonpoint.com.
0: As always, guys, it's been a pleasure bringing you the show this week. And hopefully you tune in to us next week. We should have lots of
1: good stuff for you. The king has spoken. We'll see you later.